Okay. I swear imposter syndrome is the biggest B word out there because imposter syndrome will have you going into rooms that you belong, like you deserve to be in and acting like you don't deserve to be there. Imposter syndrome will have you making up stories in your head as to why no one wants you somewhere, as to why people are out to get you, as to why you're not good enough. Meanwhile, the other people are, are they love you like they see your worth they respect you obviously there are situations and people out there that aren't going to be what you want <clears throat> but imposter syndrome kind of puts you in a space to expect the worst out of everything and the funny thing about imposter syndrome once you start to sort of get out of it you start to realize that it's not the opinions of others that, you know, like when you're, when you're starting to think like, oh, I, I don't deserve this opportunity or I don't deserve to be here. It's actually not the opinions of others. It's your opinion of yourself. When you're constantly thinking that people are talking bad about you, or if you always think that people think, say, say you have a feeling that everyone thinks that you dress ugly. That's your own opinion. That's, you know, that's not, it's not a fact. It's your thought about yourself. And it really sucks. And it shows how much we can be our own worst enemies at times. And in reality, we, we deserve to be our own best friends because that's how we thrive in life. And we deserve to thrive. You deserve to thrive. And I myself have struggled with severe imposter syndrome in my life. And it really, really held me back in so many different situations. And I also want to say that I do still struggle with it sometimes. There will be times, I think, in anyone's life that they're going to struggle with imposter syndrome. But what I think is really important is to identify it and to work on it as best as you can so that maybe you still have the imposter syndrome every now and then, but it no longer controls you. It no longer defines what you do in your life and your day-to-day versus letting it, you know, kind of run the show. And I'm trying to think of specific, there's so many instances of imposter syndrome. I'm trying to think of any specifics. Okay, I thought of a good one. Uh, This is actually quite a few years ago. I got an opportunity to work with a news or not like like an entertainment company and they invited me to come to uh, where is Utah Park City, Utah. Is that where I hope that's where like Sundance is, but they invited me to come to Sundance Film Festival and interview celebrities who had movies playing and I almost didn't take that like I I almost didn't do it because I just felt like it was an act. I remember thinking it was an accident for them to send that to me. It didn't really make any sense. And <laughs> I um, remember telling Noah about it and he's like, okay, just respond. Because I it was like an email and I'm like, oh, this is definitely an accident. There's so many times I've probably gotten emails that I'm like, oh, there's no way this is real. I was actually, I've been asked to be on a few game shows and I'm always like, there's no way this is real. So I don't even take the opportunity. I don't even take the chance. And I remember for this one specifically with the um, the interview and I, I just was thinking like, there's no way this is meant for me. Like back in, back in the Back at this time, I was only doing YouTube and I was like, why would they want me, a YouTuber, to interview celebrities? And I emailed them and it ended up being real. And I was like looking for every single reason to not go I kept being like oh well I don't have the right kind of shoes it's gonna be so cold because we were living in California at the time I was like oh I don't have the right shoes or the right coat like I was coming up with every possible excuse to not go on this like free paid trip like free for me to go and I was being paid to interview celebrities something that was very out of my comfort zone and did not end up being my favorite thing I've ever done probably not something I'd want I'd want to do again but 
I was looking for every excuse not to go, even though it's like, what was the worst that was going to happen? Either I was good at it or I was bad at it. I mean, you know, and uh, Noah, honestly, Noah was a big help. And he's like, you're going to regret if you don't take this. Like, you're going to see other YouTubers out there interviewing these celebrities and realize, like, I could have been there. And I would say things like, okay, but they probably had more training. And he's like, how do you know? Or they probably have done this before. How do you know? They're probably more confident. And he's like, how do you know? You know, they probably don't get as nervous. How do you know? And I realized, how do I know? And I eventually, like, I got with it and I signed up for it and I remember it took me so long to decide to do it that I could have lost the opportunity they had emailed me like a month before um it was actually time for like the park city thing that was one of that was one of my excuses was like oh well they only only emailed me a month before the event like I'm probably a last minute person who cares first off that's not a fact I don't know and who cares either way and I would, get, I would come up with all these excuses. Eventually, like three, I think it was like three or four days before the event, I told, like I had been emailing them back and forth, like trying to find any reason why this wouldn't make sense for me to go. And I finally was like, okay, I'm going to go. And even with only three days until the trip, they still booked mine and Noah's flight that I got to bring a plus one. And I kept telling myself, oh, well, I waited so long. They're not going to book my flight now anyways. They probably found someone else. They still brought me and they still wanted me to be a part of it. But I was the one that was convincing myself that I didn't have a seat at this table. And I went and it like I did it. Now, did the trip go perfectly? No, I remember it was me. You guys might know there's another YouTuber, Katie Betzing. Um, I think she's like a family, like she's married now, like a family married YouTuber. Um, and she was also there. And there was another, there's like an Instagram model there, Haley something, Haley Bo. I feel like her Instagram handle back then was like Haley Bo Bailey. I don't know if that's still what it is now, but something like that. And there were other influencers, YouTubers, and we we're all in this house. And Noah and I had just gotten either we had just gotten engaged or we had just gotten married. I think we had just gotten engaged and they gave us like out of the whole house, they booked one with an extra like honeymoon suite room. They had like a jacuzzi and like a, like a big jacuzzi tub and like a massive bed and a porch so we could look at the snow and everyone else's was like, you know, it was still a nice room, like a regular room. And I remember thinking like, oh, they went above and beyond to do this because they know they knew that we had just gotten engaged to be nice. Like they wanted me to be there. They were making me feel included. It was me that was making me not feel included not the not the other way around but in my head it was them like I was looking for reasons that they didn't want me to be there when they were trying to go above and beyond to make me feel comfortable and that's so it just doesn't make any sense even now I am currently becoming a life coach through Jay Shetty's sort of um, life coach certification school and it is incredible and I really did not understand why they wanted me to be a part of this program basically they're looking for certain some like anyone can like um they have like a certification program for people who want to become a life coach but they were looking for certain people that had like big life stories or had gone through things that they believed could be um ambassadors for the program and it, it wasn't about influencer size because I'm not like a massive influencer compared to others it wasn't like that it was like based on like your life story and if they believed that like you could be a good representation of what they stand for like big life transformations and even though I know I've been through quite a bit I when I talked to these people and they were saying oh we'd love for you to sign up to become an ambassador you'll become a, a certified life coach through Jay Shetty like you have all these opportunities to possibly um, like do a live with him or all these different things and I was like why would you want me I remember this whole time thinking like why and they were so nice to me and like so excited and I'm like what 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 do you want me for and that's another example of 
I am the one that was convincing myself that I wasn't enough for something where the other person was trying to convince me I was more than enough. And I actually made a TikTok that was five, it was like five ways imposter syndrome um, controlled my life. And I thought I would tell you more of those here. I might have more than five, honestly, um, because it really is. And I look back at those instances, I'm like, wow, it really did control so much of my life. Now I will say like with the Jay Shetty instance, I will feel the imposter syndrome, but I work through it and I'll get through that, <clears throat> get to that towards the end on how I work through it. But I do still struggle with it sometimes. And just so you know, everyone struggles with it. Big people that you know, like celebrities probably struggle with imposter syndrome. Like the, your boss definitely struggles with it. Your family members, your coworkers, your friends, the people you look up to, they struggle with imposter syndrome. Now it might get easier over time when you start to work through it, but that has nothing to do with success levels or anything. It has to do with yourself and your relationship to yourself. So I'm going to, we're going to get to that in a minute, but first let me talk about some of the ways that imposter syndrome kind of controlled my life. Cause maybe you'll hear this and be like, oh my gosh, wait, Maybe you don't even realize that you're struggling with imposter syndrome and maybe you're still at that beginning stage where you you actually do think that there's nothing, there's no opportunities out there for you and that you don't belong, you don't fit in. Maybe you still think that and you don't actually realize it's your own mind trying to keep you safe in a way or trying, you know, that you're you almost a lack of self-belief and it's not actually the people don't want you to be there. So here are some of the ways that imposter syndrome has controlled my life. Number one being... I never felt like I belonged in any room that I went to. When I was invited to brunches or birthday parties or family gatherings, honestly, even with my family, family gatherings, anything. <clears throat> Sorry, I need to get some water. Oh, I actually have water right next to me. Hold on. Yum. I simply never, I just didn't believe that anyone actually wanted me to be in the rooms that I was in. I don't, I don't know why I would tell myself like, oh, I must be a pity invite or, oh, they felt bad if they didn't invite me. I guess that's the same thing. <laughs> or I was a last minute invite or I was an accidental invite or someone invited me because they felt bad for me, but no one else wanted me to be here. Or it was an obligation. I would make myself believe that when I was invited to things that they didn't want me to be there. And I would make my, I would go out of my way because I would convince myself of this like when I would go like actually go to these rooms like by rooms I mean places when I go to these places or events or birthday parties or family gatherings friend gatherings work anything like that anywhere when I would go to places if I would convince myself to actually go which was very few and far between when I would actually convince myself to go I was so nervous because of my own belief that I wasn't supposed to be there that I didn't belong that I would then be so shy and so nervous that I wouldn't talk to anyone so then they probably thought that I didn't want to communicate with them and then I would tell myself that they were all being mean to me and that they didn't want me there I would use that to affirm my negative belief that I didn't belong when in reality it takes two to tango it takes two to hold a conversation. When I walk into a room believing I don't belong and my shoulders are hunched, I'm crossing my arms, I've got a scowl on my face, I'm like staying in the corner all by myself, people might think that I don't want to be spoken to and that I want to be left alone and I probably don't seem very approachable. So it's not necessarily that they really did think I don't belong there. They just might have thought, oh, she doesn't want to talk to me, so I'm not going to bother her. So it was like a constant cycle of me like being invited to go somewhere someone being nice and extending an invitation me either convincing myself they didn't want me to go so not going 
or for some reason convincing myself okay I'm gonna go and then stressing myself out so much like constantly stressing about it up until it was time to finally go and then to stand in a corner and not speak to anyone and then go home and wonder why I had a bad time it was all me baby it was all me. Now, I'm not saying there's never been mean people in my life, okay? There have been mean people, but sometimes we have to look in the mirror and realize if we are the common denominator, then we are the common denominator. And I was at this point in time. Number two, not just, I didn't just believe I wasn't supposed to be in any room I was invited into. I didn't believe any opportunity, I, that I didn't believe I was worthy of any opportunity. And it was to the point that I didn't see any opportunity. If you have these, you know, goals and dreams for your life and you feel like it's just impossible and you never even see opportunity to go for it, sometimes it's simply because we are, we're waiting for a smaller opportunity. Maybe there's big opportunity around you everywhere and you're like, oh, I'm waiting for something smaller because you don't believe you're ready for the big thing. You think you need some sort of beginner entrance before you take the the bigger step. When in reality, Maybe you just got to jump and take the bigger step. It might not always work out exactly how we want, but that is how you learn learn and gain experience is from going after things and from trying things. I'm trying to think of a good example. Let's say you want to be a runner, okay? Maybe you want to get into running. Noah's big into running. Or maybe, no, maybe you want to be, I'm trying to think, maybe you want to join like a sports team. You're like, oh, I want to get active. I want to join like um, a soccer team, Okay. And you're like, my goal is to be really good at soccer and join a soccer league. And that's what that's what your goal is. And there's signs everywhere for this new local soccer team. And you're like, oh, I can't I can't join that because I've never even done any kind of soccer league. Like I probably need to like practice on my own first. But you're not going to take yourself to practice anyways. You're just being like, right, I'll get to that you're kind of just avoiding the experience because people join local soccer te- soccer teams without knowing what they're doing probably all the time. Now, I'm sure if you're trying to go, I don't know what proper terms are for this kind of stuff, guys. I should not use sports as an example. When have I ever watched sports? <laughs> I'm just like, what if I, you know, let's think, let me think of a better, okay, let's change the example to something I understand. Hair. Okay, say you went to cosmetology school. I went to cosmetology, I didn't finish. I mean, I kind of did. I'm, I don't have my, like, my license, but like I did go to the school. Um, <laughs> say you went to cosmetology school and you want to be a hairdresser. You want to do hair, a hairstylist. And then you get out of school and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to be a hairstylist. And now there's no jobs out there for me. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm never, it's never going to work because you walk by and you see all these open hair salons and you're like, I'm not going to go in there and ask them if they have any hirings. Like they would have a sign out. There's no way. And maybe you see a, a salon that is hiring. You're like, oh, that salon's way too big. That's way too successful of a salon. There's no way they'd want me. I, I got to wait for something more my speed that's imposter syndrome because how do you know you're not ready for that if you haven't tried it how do you know they wouldn't want you how do you know that you're not just as deserving and that they wouldn't be willing to let let you work there as your first job and take you in and help you a little bit and teach you and you know you you convince yourself like oh I don't want to work at a this big fancy salon because they probably have so much experience and I'm going to be the noob and no one's going to like me when in reality they might love to have someone with a fresh perspective that just got out of school and they're looking for someone you know to train you never know and our minds can really convince us of the worst case scenario all the time and we got to work through that because if not that's what you're going to live in constantly is that worst case scenario so that was another thing is that I would get even like brand deal offers that I'd be like oh there's no way they actually would want to work with me or 
like trips honestly like brand trips I'm like there's no way this brand wants to work with me I've been invited to so many events that I don't go to and I'll have friends in the influencer space say things about how they wish they were invited into more trips and stuff like they wish they were getting these opportunities and in the back of my head back back at this time I remember knowing that I had been invited to these events and just being like yeah me too I wish I had also been invited to this even though I knew I actually was invited to it I just didn't go I didn't go because I didn't think I was worthy of being there and no one, you wouldn't have the invite if you weren't worthy of going. You wouldn't have the opportunity if you wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be available to you if you weren't ready. And that is how we become ready is from doing things. It, we don't, you don't learn how to leap and then leap. You take the leap and you figure it out on the way down. So that is number two. Number three is I wanted to avoid the spotlight at all costs. I would dress as I don't want to say it's ugly because it's not that I was dressing kind of like I wouldn't even dress. I think I would just dress as like, and there's nothing wrong with dressing a certain way, but I would do this on purpose where I wouldn't want to dress like ugly where people would stare at me, but I wouldn't want to dress nice. I wanted to dress in a way and do my hair in a way that nobody would look at, at me. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want people to pay attention to me. I felt like it was just easier if I was not in the spotlight or not someone that people noticed. I would make sure that if I was in a room of people speaking that I was not the one to speak up or start a conversation. I wouldn't go out of my way to talk to people. And I just kind of told myself that I would be better off if I stayed silent and to myself, which is really sad and really isolating because people want to be around you. They want to see how incredible you are and it's just it's so crazy to think back to that let's think I think I've done three number four I would not try anything new because I convinced myself that I was just gonna forever suck at it and that everyone was gonna laugh at me even though everyone for the pretty much everyone actually has when they're learning a new skill has to start from the beginning obviously we can have natural talents and stuff but no one sits down at a piano and plays is Mozart a pianist let me Google. I'm not going to Google it. Okay. No one sits down and plays. Is Mozart a pianist? Mozart is a composer. Is that a piano? Is that? Oh my gosh. You guys are probably like, Lindsay, come on. It says he's a composer. Okay. Okay. Is, sorry, you're having to sit through this. Is Mozart a pianist? Pianist? pianist yes he often performed as a pianist pianist whatever okay no one's gonna sit down at a piano for the first time and be mozart they had to all start and learn a skill and start from the beginning so to tell yourself that to convince yourself that you're not able to do something because you you have to learn a skill that is ridiculous of me as well because everyone has to learn things and no one when they see you doing something is like oh my gosh (laughs) they're learning no going to the gym I was always so afraid that people were gonna look at me and be like oh my gosh she's using like a five pound weight I still use a five pound weight well I now that I go to the gym more I realize that's pretty freaking normal I I don't want to pick anything up that's heavier than that right now or I'd be like oh they're gonna be like oh she's only picking up a five pound weight or oh my gosh she's having to look at the instructions on how to use that machine they don't care Just like when I go to the gym, I don't care what they're doing because most of the time I'm busy wondering what they're thinking about me. So they're probably wondering what I'm thinking about them. No one is thinking about you. We're all thinking about ourselves. 
it's just a horrible cycle okay and so that is number four what is the fifth way that i said imposter syndrome controlled my life my, i said my career not learning new things the way i dress not want to be seen in rooms e i know there's one i'm missing hmm it's just a lot of ways you guys it really convinced me that that I just, it's your overall mental health, you know, that I wasn't enough, that I was annoying, people don't want to hear me speak, that they don't want me in certain rooms, that people don't like me. I And that's horrible. It's a horrible way to live, to live and think that everyone is out to get you. And that's, not, I, I also thought that people were out to get me. I was skeptical of everyone, that people were always like counting or like preying on my downfall because they didn't want to see me succeed. That is not true. When people would give me compliments, I would think it was, I would always assume it was backhanded and that they were secretly making fun of me which is so, it is so sad to live like that. I, no wonder I was so deeply depressed and miserable and I had so much anxiety, especially social anxiety, because I was convincing myself that I wasn't good enough for anything or for anyone. And in reality, I was more than good enough. You are more than good enough. And the good thing is you can reverse imposter syndrome or get rid of it. I have, thank goodness, gotten rid for the most of most of my imposter syndrome. There are still times, like I said with the Jay Shetty thing, that I show up somewhere and I'm like, why on earth do I have this opportunity? But the difference between me then and me now is Lindsay back then would have said, why would they want me to have this opportunity? And because of that, I wouldn't take it. Me now says, I can't believe they want me to have this opportunity. I'm so freaking lucky. I'm the luckiest girl ever. I'm a lucky girl. You know that song. You know, I'm like, yeah, good things come to me. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to go for it. And if, if, if I'm not perfect at it, I'm going to learn. A completely different mindset. Once I saw it as like a growing opportunity instead of a, I don't d- deserve to be here, completely different. So let's now move into like five different ways I have reversed my imposter syndrome as much as possible. Number one, you have to start talking to yourself, like literally speak to yourself in those moments when you are convincing yourself that people don't want you to be there. You're not supposed to be there. You don't belong. You're not good enough. And realize because sometimes our brain, when you're struggling with anxiety and imposter syndrome, it's kind of like white noise. You know, it's just kind of bouncing off back and forth and mine can go pretty fast. Like I can have so many thoughts bouncing around that I'm just overwhelmed by it. And I have to stop myself and out loud be like, hey, hey, no one said they don't want you to be there. You have an invite. You're invited for a reason. And then I'll ask myself, do I think the other people that got an invite were invited by accident? No. Why would I be the one person that they did that to? That wouldn't make sense. Did this, ha- you know what I'm saying? I, I speak the facts to myself and that has really helped. It seems a little silly, but you have to stop those thoughts and ask yourself what is true and what is fact. And even if you kind of want to believe believe your fat, your truth, not your truth, your thoughts, truth. I, mean, I said truth versus facts back then. I meant thoughts versus fact. You have to ask yourself, what are my thoughts? What are my facts? And even if you're like, oh, but I want to believe my truth. My, I keep saying truth. I want to believe my thoughts because my thoughts seem right to me. You have to t- remind yourself over and over. Then let's seek out that those thoughts are wrong. Let me go let me live based off the facts. And if my thoughts come back and slap me in the face as truth, then I can be like, okay, my thoughts are right on this one. And that might happen because that is life. There might be some instances where your thoughts are like, this person doesn't like you. And you, you're you like, okay, but what is the fact? The fact is they invited me to coffee. They did not give me any reason to think they don't like me. Why would they invite me to coffee? I'm going to go and I'm going to see how it is in person. And you might go 
even though your thoughts are saying they don't want you to be there and you're going to realize oh this person is really nice i made a new friend and realize your thoughts were incorrect there you debunk your imposter syndrome and your brain starts to take note that maybe it's not always right but then sometimes you might go to the coffee shop and you and this person may not have the best of time you might be like okay you know what this actually still taught me a lesson because I did not realize, I did not learn that my thoughts were correct because this person doesn't hate me. They don't know me, but I did realize that my facts were still correct. This person doesn't know me. They're just not my person and that's okay. And it kind of teaches you that that worst case scenario still really wasn't real. It wasn't that you were going to go to this coffee shop and this person was going to lash out at you and be like, you're so stupid. I hate your shoes. You know, and haha, I didn't even want you here. That's not going to happen. You might get there and they, you guys might have an awkward convo and realize you have nothing in com- common. You might like books and Harry Potter and Twilight and things like that. And they may like skateboarding and basketball. And you might be like, oh, we don't have anything in common. Haha, but that's cool. It was nice meeting you. And then you realize it still wasn't that bad. You just had a conversation with someone and a coffee. It got you out of the house. And you start to teach yourself that your worst case scenario is usually wrong. And that is because our brain likes to protect us. And if you're thinking, but what if the worst case scenario is, is going to happen? How am I going to know? If you follow the facts and what is truth, you will find out whatever scenario is supposed to be. You know, but there's no reason to follow your thoughts if your thoughts are constantly negative. Follow the facts and you will get to the truth. Um, another thing that I did is I kind of speaking off of that is that I gave people the opportunity to show me their true colors instead of me deciding what their true colors are. If I was thinking that someone was thinking horrible things about myself, I had to look in the mirror and realize those are my projections. Those are not their thoughts. I don't know the thoughts going on in their head. I'm going to let, I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give everyone at the time of day, if you know, they're in my, my world and I'm going to assume the best until they give me a reason not to. I'm not going to assume the worst until they give me a reason to like them. I don't want to despise people until they give me a reason to trust them. I want to trust someone until they give me a reason not to. And that can be really tough, especially if you come from a traumatic past like I do or any sort of bad situations where someone has let you down. But, 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 but it is better off to love someone and be kind and get some life lessons than to not ever give yourself a chance to be around people and be isolated and lonely, okay? Number three, I took pretty much oh I thought of the dang it I just thought of the other reason my other thing the imposter syndrome um the way it held me back shoot is it too late to add that in okay guys okay we're pausing okay another way that imposter syndrome held me back I'm adding this in I forgot about this one imposter syndrome held me back by me not realizing what I liked in my life because I was so I had convinced myself so much that I wasn't supposed to be places and I wasn't worthy that I didn't even trust my own opinions and my own facts and my own thoughts. So I would rely on everyone else to give me theirs. And that was horrible because I didn't know what was best for me because no one else knows what's best for you usually except for you. And maybe if you're like in therapy, like I am, my therapist probably knows a little bit better than I do when I'm anxious, but you know, things like for the most part, you know, what's right for you. And if you're constantly relying on everyone else, you do have a lot less confidence in yourself. And it kind of leads to more imposter syndrome because you don't have confidence. You need confidence to, to get through imposter syndrome, because if you believed in yourself, you wouldn't always be questioning it. So going back to part two of this, sorry, a little tangent of how I fixed it is I did work on my confidence. That's number three. 
I stopped asking everyone their opinion and I made myself make my own decisions. I no longer went to a restaurant and waited for everyone else to order to then like pick one of their orders because I was so afraid they were going to judge whatever I ate, which is so silly. I just picked what I wanted to eat. I took myself, honestly, in other ways, I took myself on dates so I could figure out what would I order by myself? What would I do by myself? And I learned to be confident with my own decisions. And the more confidence you have in yourself, the easier it is to make more, you know, make empowering decisions that are helping you and not hurting you or holding you back. Number four, um, I think I started to say this one and I stopped, is I said yes to opportunities that I knew that I wanted, even if I didn't believe I was ready for it or that they didn't want me there. If I got invited to an event or um, a work trip for something or anything, um, a coffee, obviously there are times, like I said, when I learned to work on my intuition that my intuition was like, oh no, I just truly don't want to do this. But if my reaction to something is, oh my gosh, why would they want me to do this? And it was kind of like that anxious excitement where there's a part of you that is, it's like, it seems too good to be true, but you want to do it, but you're too anxious and you're convincing yourself all the reasons you shouldn't or couldn't. I just made myself do it. Because what that showed myself is that I can be scared of something. I can be worried that I'm not going to be good at it and I can still try anyways. And it sort of taught me that trying and failing is not the end of the world. Trying and failing is how you try and eventually you succeed. You pretty much always have to try and fail a few times before you succeed. At least I have. And it made me learn that failing is, first off, it's not failing, it's learning. And I had to learn in order to succeed. And it's just part of the process and it's a good part of the process. And you always leave leave with valuable lessons. It's not some scary thing. If you don't get something right on the first try, just like with the hair one, if you do your first go to a salon and your first shampoo isn't perfect and you got a little soap on her forehead, it's it's not the end of the world. It's a learning process, you know? And it's just part of life and everyone goes through it. So that was a really big one. And the fifth one, this kind of goes back to my intentional living, but it really does help, is dressing for the how you want to feel and not how you do feel. You can actually do this for a lot of things. When going back to making decisions for your best self, if you get invited to something, you can ask yourself, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel confident that I took an opportunity that I didn't know what I was ready for and just hoped for the best? Or am I going to feel let down if I turn down this opportunity and just sit on my couch all day? And then you'd have your answer. And then also same with my clothing. If I'm going somewhere where I might not feel like I fit in or I'm a little nervous, I ask myself, what outfit could I put on that makes me feel the best when I walk into this room? And if I put an outfit on and I second guess, I'm like, nope, this is not it today. I need to look in the mirror and feel incredible so that when I'm talking to other people, I feel incredible and I feel confident in myself because you deserve to be in the rooms you're going into. You deserve to feel wanted and respected. And the last thing you want is to live a life thinking that nobody values you when in reality you are the one not seeing your own value and everyone else is just waiting for you to see it because imposter syndrome sucks it really does suck because it holds you back from so much and it's not that you actually don't have skills or resources or capability or abilities that's the same thing or anything it's just simply your brain is scared it, it wants you to think that it's it's more comfortable and it's easier to stay where you are and maybe it is maybe it is more comfortable but life is not about just being comfortable all the time it, it, it it's about being a little scared and taking risks and meeting new people and feeling good about yourself and 
all of it starts with yourself and your relationship with yourself, your confidence in yourself and your abilities. That is going to be the biggest catalyst in getting out of that imposter syndrome. And while you're working through it, doing the things you know you need to do, like I said, the asking yourself, how am I, how am I going to feel after? Doing it even if it doesn't feel, if it feels really scary. If it feels really scary to put yourself out there, but you know you'll be proud after, make yourself proud. Because it's going to get better over time and it's going to get easier over time. When I first started making podcasts, making YouTube videos, posting on TikTok, I don't know why that was so scary. Posting on Instagram, that may sound so silly, but posting videos of yourself, especially really vulnerable ones like things that I've posted, I was so scared. I used to tell myself that no one wanted to hear my story. I actually used to tell myself that my story was boring and that I hadn't been through that much. And now I'm like, that's really weird. I've been through a lot. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm sharing too much. Back then I was like, oh, there's not enough for me to share. And now I'm like, like complete opposite. So I convinced myself that nobody would want to hear what I had to talk about, that nobody was interested and that people would think I'm complaining and that I, you know, I, I stutter sometimes. I say like some quite a bit. I don't always know the meaning of things. And I thought because of that, that people want, wouldn't want to hear me talk compared to someone else. But I eventually realized there are people who want to hear me talk. And that still might be a foreign concept to me. But since I want to talk to you, because I love this, I'm going to do it. Even though it makes me nervous, I and even though I'm scared to show up, I'm going to keep showing up because I deserve to be in this space. Other podcasters are not somehow more worthy than I am. I'm just starting out. I'm new and that's okay. And I know that that's just part of my journey. And if I don't give up just because I'm learning new things and I don't, when I get nervous and I feel that imposter syndrome, if I don't let it win, I know that I will come out on the other side of it and you will too, okay? I love you so much and I hope this episode helped. Um, find me on Instagram if you want at lindsay.adkinson. That's Lindsay with an A. I did make a pod like a podcast Instagram. I'm not using it a ton, but I, I, I'm hoping to. It's at It Gets Better Pod on Instagram if you want to follow there. And I will talk to you guys all next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.